Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, Connor Allen. We also have a, a returning guest, a good friend, Twitter DeGen, gambling DeGen, as we were talking golf here at the top, Joey Knish. What's going on, fellas? Gentlemen, no place I'd rather be talking a little bit of NFL here Wednesday night with you mugs. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is my division. This is the man. I see why you brought me on for this one. This is the old, you know, black and blue Raven Steelers Midwest. You know, this has got my name written all over it. So, you know, listen, I, I was going to charge you a little bit more, but when you said AFC North, I said, you know, this is, this is my kind of football. This is going well, to be a we couldn't game. bring you on for the NFC North. I mean, for obvious reasons, it would just end wind up with Lions touting. Yes, I've hour. already put out enough content that's never going to go away of me hyping up the Lions in a year they're <laughs> destined to fail. So it'll be nice to uh, to change that up a little bit and actually, um, you know, yeah. spread the love around. You have to know you've mushed them by now, right? Like I know this is a, the, the, so it's only fifty years of losing. I'm trying to <laughs> swerve here in one year, so we'll see how it goes. Well, the top support for Move the Line is brought to you by Manscaped, uh, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I love saying that one. Uh, they have <laughs> over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. You can get 20% off uh, and free shipping with the code MOVETHELINE at manscaped.com. So it's 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, and use that code move the line. So yeah, I think Kanish kind of kicked it off, man. This is really a beast of a division. And uh, yeah, they get the AFC South and the NFC East, which is pretty nice as well. It's going to help them. I think this is going to be pretty, uh, pretty deep compared to some of the ones we've done before, but Connor, kick it off, man. Give me your, I guess, overarching view of, of this, the division before you jump in. Yeah, I think this one's a little bit tough because the Ravens are really heavily favored at minus 200. Uh, the Steelers are right behind them here at plus 350 um, with the Browns at plus 500 and the Bengals at 26 to 1 to win their division. Um, I mean, honestly, just off the top, I think the Ravens are a little bit too heavily favored given you know the potential ascendance of the Steelers and Browns and the, the volatility there, but uh, that was just, that's just right off the top, and I think that we will dive in a little bit deeper there to to figure it out a little more. Well, you played your hand early last week on the uh, AFC West podcast, where I could try to lock you in on a Super Bowl winner in the AFC or uh, AFC winner, I guess. And uh, yeah, kind of played your hand, so we'll we'll dig into that one. So, um, all right, we'll start with the Ravens. This is the team here, obviously massive, massive favorites to make the playoffs. They are minus seven fifteen. Is not a good use of your funds, folks. Uh, one and a half is the win total everywhere. Uh, they are minus 200 to win this division. You can get them uh, plus 340 over in FanDuel to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Seven to one to win it all. Knish, talk to me about the Ravens. And you know, I'm going to throw, and I want to throw this right back because this is how I feel. Just say, you guys, um, I, I think this is the best roster in the NFL. Do you guys have any questions? I think. You know, one uh, to 22 starters, depth, defensive line, offensive line, um, obviously quarterback. I, I would say for my money, if I'm a comparing rosters, uh, just overall talent, I, I think this is the best team in the NFL. Would you guys either agree or just I'm, – I'm here to hear other things, but I think um, just this they're stacked. I mean, there's I don't see maybe outside of um, 
you know, wide receiver two. Um, I know they had, um, you know, like a little bit of retirement. Uh, his name's escaping me on the offensive line, um, the Hall of Famer. But overall, yes, Marshall Yonder retirement. Um, but but when you talk about what they've got up front, um, I love the Patrick Queen pick in the draft. Um, the back end, uh, they've made a few acquisitions that I like, and then an offense. So for me, um, I, I, just, I just think this is the most – I would have them favored on a neutral over any other team in football um, and the best roster in the NFL. Yeah, hard to disagree. Uh, best coaching staff possibly too. I mean, consistently they're uh, they're always in the mix. Connor, I think you probably agree. Yeah. yeah so uh, actually as I was cashing my tickets uh, from the last Super Bowl – I put in a future on the Ravens to win this Super Bowl at eight to one. I know that's kind of, you know, a little fishy to have your money out for that long, but really I looked at it and like at eight to one, I was just like, there's never going to be a better number. They're going to start off the season. And, you know, they're like you said, they're an incredibly talented roster and Lamar Jackson's coming into his own. I think that if he improves a little bit, even more as like a passer or is like able to play a little, a little bit more from behind, I think that like they will be a clear Super Bowl favorite, you know, as we're rolling into the playoffs here, if they aren't already, you know, I think, but at eight to one, I thought that that was really good value. And I think that that's probably the best that we'll get for ever. So I wanted to get a little bit of action there and they are my pick to win the Super Bowl um, because I really think that Lamar takes that next step forward. And we, we saw him like, you know, potentially like playing from behind is not where they want him. And they kind of like threw in the towel and started like throwing the ball as much as they could when they were behind against the Titans that's not just not really his game entirely, but I do think that he's going to improve on that and that there's going to be more game scripts this season where he's able to, you know, kind of show that off or like at least test that he's able to be a, a more efficient passer in terms of just like kind of coming from behind. So I think that that's going to be the big change here is that Lamar takes another step forward as a passer and they are just like a complete team that wins, wins uh, the Super Bowl. So yeah, that's, that's my, my Super Bowl pick of the, of the year here. Well, I'm guessing Ken is you're probably on board with this thought process in general, but typically Connor and I have talked a lot, talked about it last week with the chiefs situations where you're laying over on a double digit win total is just not typically going to be plus EV. Uh, but I thought last week we talked about the chiefs thought that made a lot of sense. And again, this Baltimore team, because I'm with you man. this, this roster is unbelievable. And the schedule is really nice. Like, even if you get to the last couple of weeks here, you get to December and they're nine and four, right? It's kind of the threshold of, of their losses. They finish with Jacksonville and the Giants at home, and then they go on the road to Cincy. Like, it's just hard to imagine they don't win those three games to end the season and get to 12 wins. Um, it's kind of hard to find five losses on this uh, on the schedule here, but what's your thought process around the win total there? Or is that something you typically don't, don't touch? Cause it's too high. Yeah. You know, I, I would say, I agree with you in that range. Um, uh, it's usually not, uh, you know, I'm usually looking to, to, to fade some teams that I think are a little bit overvalued on the higher end of the win totals or take some um, unders or alternate unders. But I agree with you. These, these are two, I mean, the chiefs and the Ravens are two that, um, Without the the only disclaimer I would put is one that's going to apply across the board is kind of you never know who's going to be healthy and on the roster week with uh, obviously the COVID situation going on. Um, so you know if 
if Lamar has to quarantine for two weeks, does that throw them off a of schedule? That those would be so. I'm definitely lighter overall on win totals. Um, but but it's it's a catch twenty two, right? Because there could be some weeks where they play teams who are down a few guys due to that. So it's really um, you know, and do you know, does, do a couple games come off the schedule? So there's so many variables this year that that I'm a little lighter on the futures and the regular season wins. But if we're just assuming everything to to expectation, um. I agree with you. It wasn't a team um, that was in the upper echelon that I was looking to fade uh, on a regular season win. I thought there were better opportunities uh, for some of the teams, you know, in the nine and a half to ten and a half range that that I was more interested in going under, not the Ravens. Yeah, I'm guessing, Connor, Lamar is going to drive a lot of this for you. Looking at our projections here, four for four, we're very bullish on his passing yards in comparison to what the books have out there. just a little bit under 3,800 is our projection. Um, and the highest we can find out there is at Sugar House at 3,250. How do you feel about the uh, Lamar market? Yeah, I, I mean, I like the over there, but um, I'm trying to not bet that many overs just with this season, especially and like how sure. easily someone could just get COVID and like totally mess up your bet. It's not even like it's beyond the normal injury risk. Um, so, but I mean, but I mean, in this scenario, um, I think that there is a good a good opportunity here to potentially take the over. You can get it at thirty one ninety nine at FanDuel, um, and I do want to kind of quickly touch back on their schedule a little bit. So you know, like overall, their total schedule is like the fourth easiest, as you mentioned. But they've they play ten of sixteen games against teams projected to win eight or more, um, which you know not necessarily is going to be a challenge for them because they're still going to be pretty heavily favored in all those. But it's I don't know. There's just a lot of teams that could potentially be really tough challenges for them. And they're like kind of in that mid range where like there's a few more upsets than I would normally like, but for a passing prop, I think that could be good. And kind of like what I was saying earlier, like this could force Lamar to throw a little bit more. Um, But I mean, you're looking at, you know, the Browns and Steelers are obviously both like right in that eight to nine win range. Um, But then beyond that, you have like the chiefs, Eagles, Colts, Patriots, Titans, Cowboys. Um, So like, they're all kind of in that range where are they good? Yeah. But are they great? No, probably not. So um, I think that, I think it's a little bit trickier than what like the overall ranking would suggest, but um, I still do agree with, you know, the Ravens having, having a good season, obviously there. Yeah. The indie game, which is one of those tricky ones on the road, they get fresh off a bye too, which is nice. So um, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some meat on the bone there in the middle of the schedule. I think some of the ends, Obviously, the week three game against KC is going to be a fun one to watch. But, uh, yeah, there's – with the depth of talent on the roster, top to bottom, they had another great draft. I mean, you know, Kanishan mentioned Patrick Queen. They had a J.K. Dobbins, uh, Devin DuVernay. It was another pass-catching option. Someone can emerge, whether it's Miles Boykin kind of steps up into that role. And then Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf, two really strong additions on the defensive side to a defense that was already really strong. They didn't get great pressure last year. They had so many injuries in the secondary, but once everyone got healthy, you know, they made the move for, for Peters and just, man, it's a tough, tough roster. It's a tough roster. What about some of the other props? Uh, any interest in those? Honestly, not really. So like we have a Mark Ingram at 750 and a half rushing yards for me, you know, we have projected at 910 at four for four, but like, this is kind of a stay away for me. I have no idea how much they're going to use Dobbins in year one. I think it could be very little, but it also could wind up being a lot. 
Um, I know we've talked about before how good of a fit he is for this scheme in terms of running out of the shotgun and um, just like how talented of a player he is as a pure runner. So uh, I'm kind of staying away from any Mark Ingram props. And then we have Marquise Brown at 750 and a half. We have him, We originally were projecting him for less, but now there's um, our projections at 834 yards. I, I think that he's going to smash. I just he's he's a very talented player who got injured early last season. Uh, he put on a little bit of extra weight. Um, I also don't think like a lot of people are citing how many receivers under X weight you know have performed, but people miss that like Marquise Brown. I'm pretty sure was like sick before the combine and like lost like five ten pounds. And was like 175 or something like that. And then um, like literally put that back on. But like most of his playing days were, you know, over that weight. And now he's put on 20 pounds from what he uh, weighed in at the combine. So, I mean, he's closer to that 200 range, which I think is, you know, much better for a wide receiver in terms of production, as some people have noted. But, yeah, I mean, I think that he's going to be come close to a thousand yard receiver. I mean, the biggest question is his volume. Um, but again, it's tough to bet overs, um, in this year. So, uh, I'm not entirely sure there. Kanish, do you have any leans or takes on those? The only thing I would say is, uh, and you guys mentioned it, the scheme fit for Dobbins. Um, I thought he was just an incredible player at Ohio state. He comes in, uh, the issue would be, you know, workload, like carry split. They obviously like to, you know, it's kind of a Harbaugh thing. Even, you know, they do it at Michigan. His brother does it, Jim. They like to throw in three, four guys during a game to get carry splits. My only take would be if you see Ingram, obviously he's up there in age. If anybody goes down early, I don't even hate it, even just regardless. Uh, a Dobbins, you know, smelt half unit, quarter unit on offensive rookie of the year. I think of the all, and I know there's a couple of running backs in nice situations, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards, Elaire. Um, but those guys, to me, the market's already adjusted on those. So you've got Elaire, uh, you know, it's four to one or less at most places. Taylor's under 10 to one. Dobbins is the guy that that's probably from a pure rushing standpoint in the best situation, as long as he's getting, you know, at least 10 carries a game. Um, he's out there at 25 to one at DraftKings. I see uh, might be able to shop around and, and, and find a 30, but I don't hate that. I, I think he's going to come in and just absolutely – I think he's better than Mark Ingram straight off the bat, just as a pure running. He's their best running back on the roster coming coming in as a rookie. Um, and if all it takes is just, you know, a couple of games or he shows out in camp or, like we were saying, an injury or a COVID scare or something, um, and he's getting the the full share. And really, you know, none. There's it's rarity you're going to see a rookie getting, you know, 15, 20-plus care. So as long as he's getting at least, you know, in that 10 to 12 range per game, he could have production uh, that could put him in, in line for the award if you want to fade the quarterback position. Um, so for me, I don't hate that at 25 to one. Yeah. I like that. Embrace the volatility. We know this year is going to be frigging crazy and yeah, what better offense to thrive in. We know that running backs always thrive when they have, um, you know, a rushing quarterback. You're just that threat alone really kind of catapults everyone. So I like it. I mean, Dobbins, I'm with you, man. Special, special talent. Great pass catcher out of the backfield. Good pass blocker in college too when needed. So yeah, great fit offensively. And if anything happens to Ingram, man, um, we'll probably see more Gus Edwards than we would want to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> ring the bell for Dobbins for sure. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. 
Yeah, you mentioned it with the pass pro. That's that's a phenomenal point. That's that's usually the thing that keeps the rookies off the field in a lot of situations from getting the higher snap count is they can't pass protect. He can pass protect. So, you know, you add into that if he's playing on a lot of third downs, um, just, you know, a lion's share of, you know, 30, 40, 50 catches, if he can get that uh, along with the rushing, puts him at a pretty nice stat line overall throughout the year if you you project it out through 16 games. Um, So, again, I don't I think of, of the running backs that are left on the board there, He's the only one with um, what I would say is any value remaining. We probably won't bet it because I think we all agreed minus 200 is probably a pretty steep line, but definitely feel like this is a division winner, right? Yeah. I would say, yeah, I wouldn't uh, just look at all the uncertainty, can't lay it, but um, there wouldn't be, you know, a a lot of scenarios, especially because not a big believer in in Steelers. We'll get to it here. Steelers this year, Cincinnati would need a lot to go right. Um, there's only one team that I think could maybe challenge them for that top spot, and we'll get there uh, Get there in a minute. All right. Well, let's talk about the Steelers, a team that I can't stand, but I'm going to have to say some nice things, I guess, about. Still, uh, seventh easiest schedule for the Steelers this year. Uh, they are minus 134 to make the playoffs. Win total, um, nine at FanDuel and Sugar House, nine and a, nine and a half basically everywhere else. Uh, they are plus 350 to win this division. You can get him uh, twelve to one to go to the Super Bowl, twenty five to one to win it all. So, um, go ahead, Kanish. Talk to me about the Steelers. Started us off. I mean, this is I, I'm I am a Steelers fade. To, I took a regular season win under. Uh, I took a alt under. I'm just not. I, I this has been an organization that for a few years now I haven't really believed in in the direction it was heading uh, under Tomlin and, and the progression of Roethlisberger. Um, and again, I know some of the early reports, oh, he feels great in that. Um, it, it would surprise me at his age um, if he was really able to come back and have, you know, a, a fantastic season. Um, I would say, if anything, he's maybe at best in that, you know, 10 to 15 tier of QB1s uh, on a ceiling now. And, and you've seen it. They've just, they, the, some of their, their roster at, at different positions has just deteriorated. Um whether it be, you know, at, at the wide receiver position where, where they, you know, had they were stacked for a lot of years now. Um, at, they're, they're thin at a couple areas, I think, behind Juju. Not, not a ton of guys that, you know, Deontay Johnson's a guy with some potential. Um, but, but they're not, you know, absolutely loaded wide receiver like they used to be. Um, I, I, I'm a little bit skeptical. Uh, I, don't get me wrong, I like Minka. I'm a little bit skeptical of, of where they're at in the secondary outside of that. Um, the, the defensive front, they, they, they've added some talent. I, I mean, they've got, you know, the front seven, which, which I can believe in. Um, but, again, I, th- I think they're a little light on the depth. I, I just – for me, this is – it's an overvalued football team of where where they're – I think this is, you know, a 7-8 at the absolute ceiling, 9-win team um, that, that's more being, you know, valued in that 9-10 to 10, to 10.5 win range. Um, that, that That's just not the case for me. Um, so, for, for – they're a fade team for me. They were a fade on the, the regular season under. They're a fade um, as far as I'm not touching them on any of the division stuff or any of that. So I am not big on the Steelers this year. All right. Interesting little wet blanket out there for you Steeler fans. <laughs> um, I mean, this team went 8-8 eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and with like a historically bad offense last year. Um, what do you think, Connor? Are they, are they just – Yeah, I don't know. I kind of disagree with Kanish to be honest. So – 
I mean, not a good place dragging. to be, Connor. Not a good place I, to be. Think I, before you do this dragging, little stuff here. <laughs> I think I think that this is. I mean, okay, so I'm not going to say that this is a team that I'm running to bet or anything. I just think that they're a little bit more volatile than you're suggesting. So this was a defense that was a top five unit last year, third in run DVOA, third in pass DVOA, and now they get Big Ben back, who, as you said, I mean, the reports are good, but you know, I'm not going to go all in on this guy, but I do think that if he's healthy, like he's you know an exponential upgrade over Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, um, and you have healthy James Conner, Juju's healthy and is going to be playing more in the slot. And I think Deontay Johnson showed enough to be a legitimate threat to not have opposing teams just key in on Juju the whole time. And I thought that James Washington's like, okay, you know, he's enough of a a deep threat to be able to also contribute. So for me, like I, I see this team as like last year was eight and eight and, you know, maybe they got a little bit lucky, but the defense is good enough that, if they maintain the defense and the offense, you know, bounces back into some form of a top 15, top 10 unit, like this is a legitimate contender here. So I know that I know that you are anti Steelers, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not excited to bet them, but I think that there's definitely a lot of potential for them to, you know, win some games and potentially win the division here plus 350 if the Ravens stumble at all. Uh, but I think that I'm more confident in them doing well than this, than, um, the Ravens doing poorly because I do like them a lot. So I'm not, I'm not excited. I think nine and nine and a half is a fair price. Um, but I, I think that there's, they're definitely live if they make the playoffs to, you know, round up into an, an AFC appearance, AFC championship appearance. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's something to look for Kinesh. Hey, my counter would that be, and this is, you know, to, I, I hate to dunk on you so early in the in the show here, only a second team, man. But and I, I think it's very difficult if you look throughout the history of NFL football to replicate that kind of defensive season in back-to-back year. It's it very, is. you usually don't see teams that are, you know, top three in defense be able to repeat that. I remember the Jaguars um, a couple of years ago when they had that absolutely phenomenal elite defense. The same defense in a lot of places comes back the next year with very, very minimal personnel losses, and they're not a top-10 unit anymore. It's just hard in the NFL these days, um, especially when when I think they're a little light on the back end. Um, and I, I just – it's hard for me. And I get they can take a step up if Roethlisberger's better than I think he's going to be. Um, but I think you'll see some offset there with the defense um, not being able to replicate that elite-level performance uh, to where they're – I just don't see – I, I'm not buying the ceiling on this team. Could you tell me they get back to eight wins? Um, yes, they're on a nine. I don't see 10, 11, 12 Super Bowl contender here. Um, for me, I, I think they're, you know, a middle of the road um, NFL team that, that, that kind of matches out there. What if, what if Big Ben's health is like legit though? I mean, the last time we saw him healthy was 2018 and he threw for like 5,000 yards. Well, one, I, I would say they had a, a different level of uh, offensive talent. I thought offensive line was b- better than two as well. Um, the, the issue would be, I, I'm not, I don't think this is one of those, for me, Roethlisberger's health has kind of been a slow deterioration over the last three to four years. Um, that kind of, he's also coming back from an injury. He had mentioned this in a recent interview, coming back from um, an injury that he didn't think any, uh, that there was like any data that an NFL quarterback had came back from this type of injury. So yeah, that might mean nothing at all. Um, but it's, uh, especially at his age, it's hard for me to, to believe that he can replicate any of the, any of his, you know, past elite seasons. I think 
you'd be lucky to get, you know, a, uh, a full solid 16 out of him where he's a, uh, you know, a QB 10 or something in the league, as opposed to, you know, I think his days as a QB, you know, in the, the three to five range are just over with. Too many motorcycle accidents and late nights in dusty Georgia bar <laughs> yeah. in his 20s are catching up to him. But, I mean, he is the answer to this question. I mean, it is really all contingent on on him. Like, even if we have – I think Kinnish makes a good point. Like, year-over-year defensive stats aren't super sticky. Um, you know, pressure rate, things like that are easier to project as far as performance and things like that. They, they just are – they're harder to do. Talent is really nice. Um, you know – Keith Butler there's he's still there calling plays defensively and that's dicey because I mean that didn't work for a couple of years where they're lining you know linebackers up against slot receivers and unwilling to adjust their you know their system for it and um, I think Minka helped that a lot but I think Kanish makes good points like I like this football team but the question marks are in the secondary and with Ben's health so um, how about the props I mean obviously Connor you know we talk again about Wanted to be careful with overs, but if you're in a, on our projections at all, four for four loves Ben this year. It looks like 4,222 passing yards is our projection. Um, seeing as low as 3,800 out there in the prop market. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I lean over, but I don't. I don't really think our projections are that far off. Like, I just think the market's kind of low because it's factoring in the the injury risk, which is you know obviously massive here um, because. Kind of like he said, we, we have no idea what he's returning from in terms of like how well he's going to be able to throw in terms of longevity as well. So um, I'm probably staying off that, but I do, you know, lean towards the over as long as he plays a healthy season. Um, but the issue is it's a big if. So um, that one's tough. James Conner, um, I thought that, you know, Silva brought up a good point when talking about when these like big quarterbacks return, um, like, Big Ben has a lot of say in who's going to be playing with him. And um, he talks a lot about like, you know, if who's he going to want on the field there um, next to him, you know, in any situation. And I would say almost all the time it's going to be James Conner. He's proven himself. He's proven to be a better player than, you know, some of his, um, some of the other teammates there. But I don't know. I think still at 775 and a half yards, given all the issues with Conner, um, like, you know, COVID season here, it's tough. Um, especially since he's a little bit more susceptible there. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that like, I think that he's just a better player to attack in fantasy because he's a little bit more volatile, um, than, you know, a binary prop market here. And I think same with Juju too, like they're priced him at 1100 yards. Um, and while I like him to bounce back, I mean, a lot of that bounce back is kind of priced into that 1100 there. So I'm not really, really too excited about it. And our projections reflect the same. I mean, they have 1,145 yards for him. Uh, so, yeah, I think that all those are pretty pretty fair lines. I lean towards the over on a few of them because I, I'm a little more bullish on the Steelers passing attack bouncing back. But uh, with the injury risk to Ben, I mean, these, these props are shot if Ben isn't able to play or gets COVID or anything. So um, I think that that's, that's the biggest issue here and it's probably something I'm not going to be taking. Yeah, how about you, Knish? Any of these jump out that are worth uh, any of your time or money? No, I think I counter nailed it from the perspective of like the numbers have are been are so low that if they, it's basically a scenario where if Ben plays sixteen games, they're going to go over. But is he going to play sure. sixteen games? So it's just um, you, you know they're putting you in a situation where 
the numbers so deflated that you know you're you basically need an injury or, or a COVID situation, um, or he's going to go over the numbers. So that that like, it's tough to it, it's just tough to bet for me in a year like this with the uncertainty. I would if there's anything. Um, do I think if Juju plays 16, he goes over that? Yes, um, but I would. Uh, that's one of those that's set high enough where where you could talk me into. Uh, um, you know, a bet on the under 1100 and a half yards there. Um, just the fact that it's, that's one of those where you've really got to keep pace, um, to, to even hit that number, um, you know, playing 16. So I, I don't mind taking, I think the Roethlisberger numbers are, are, are too artificially low to, to consider unders. If they're and the same thing with the Connor rushing yards, if there's one I'm going to touch there, um, it, it would be a juju under, but I'm not, that's not one I'm running to the counter for. Um, any thought since, uh, you know, Big Ben's uh, agent over there, Connor Allen, uh, like, is there some <laughs> Big Ben MVP 40 to 1, or he's chalk for comeback player of the year at 3 to 1? Yeah, I don't know. I thought that that award especially got so much more dicey with Cam signing with the Patriots. Um, like, I mean, I, I would honestly think that Cam is a good, you know, opportunity to win that but that's because i'm more bullish on cam but i think that your boy you know matthew stafford also has a very legitimate case as well um so like those i mean it's a three-man race but all of them yeah. have like a legit good case so who does the best who doesn't get injured i, don't I know. will say you know. ben is in the what i would call the buying range of the mvp or whatnot i'm not gonna bet this but if you're looking <laughs> for in terms of the range that that you're typically you want of a quarterback it's that it's that 40 to 100 range of guys that, you know, uh, could come out and be on a team that's going to be in the playoffs and put up a lot of stats. Um, and I don't know if he can, you know, have the type of production to have an MVP season anymore. Um, I wouldn't bet on it. But if he's at least in the range where, you know, at 40 to 1, I think there's some 50 to 1s out there, you could talk yourself into if everything goes right for the Steelers and he comes back. Um then he's going to be at least somewhat in the conversation. Checks the basic boxes too, right? We're looking at a quarterback and we're looking at a team that could, you know, maybe compete to win its division, get up into maybe a one or two seed and get the buy in the playoffs, something like that. So it's kind of the bare minimum requirements to enter. So yep. good point. Good point there for sure. Uh, any other Steelers takes? Not too much for me. I don't know. I think that, yeah, I think we covered the team. I'm, I'm, you know, glad we had a little bit of disagreement there. And I, I can't wait for, you know, the Steelers to be a good team and Big Ben to, you know, to not look like a creepy, you know, old troll and just like come back and be in great condition and, you know, ball out. And just that way I can at Kanish on Twitter and, you know, troll him a little bit. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph back at the helm in week three when, uh, you know, Ben got his arm blows out and then you know i can tag connor weekly as the you know rudolph goes to eight for 25 for i mean in, in a hole in my backyard if that happens <laughs> good god he'll never not be creepy regardless of the injury status that's true he'll never <laughs> not be creepy. uh yeah big ben something else oh well well speaking of creepy let's talk about our balls real quick um you know, this is interesting. I want to hear about Connor because I want to talk about Manscape for a minute here before we move on. Our new sponsor of the show, as we talked about at the top, go over to manscaped.com, use our promo code, move the line to get 20% off and free shipping. But um, Connor, I'm guessing, I mean, you know, we've 
been doing this for three years now. We get to hang out occasionally outside of here. You're a hairy son of a bitch. I'm sure it looks like maybe some Brooke Lopez stuff going on down there. Um, <laughs> like you got Brooke Lopez in a, in a leg lock. Um, but this this Manscaped 3.0 here with the uh, the new or the lawnmower 3.0, I'm sorry. It's got to be something that's uh, making Maggie a little bit happier. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, borderline life-changing. I mean, <laughs> this is the lawnmower 3.0, third-generation trimmer, features a cutting-edge ceramic blade, reduces grooming accidents. I mean, like literally no nicks, nothing. Um, and I mean, the best part is afterwards is I get to use the – uh, crop preserver. So, you know, it's anti-chafing ball deodorant. I mean, it makes too much sense. Like I didn't even know what this was until Manscaped sent us a package and <laughs> was like, you know, then it just clicked in my head. It's like, if I use deodorant for my armpits and like my, why would I not use it for my balls? Like those get sweaty too. Might as well smell better down there too. So I'm a big fan. All the stuff they sent us was great. Um, and I'm excited to keep using their products. I mean, they, they've got me hooked for sure. Yeah, waterproof. They got the LED light too, which is amazing. So you can use that bad boy in the shower. You can see some things that you've never even seen before with that that <laughs> LED light. So, gonna, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I've been getting in a phenomenal shape during quarantine. So it might be time to you know invest in a little manscape to uh, you know finish <laughs> off the package, if you know what I'm saying. Oh man, I highly, highly recommend it. You're going to be able to crank out your 250 push-ups in 20 listen, minutes or whatever listen, now? Or the, what? the comeback is, this is like, uh, you know, like the, the Big Ben version of the Uncle Kanish story <laughs> here where, you know, they might have caught me on a bad day, but I'll be back uh, and, you know, all manscaped up here once I'm cranking out 250 in 15 minutes. <laughs> all right. So if you're listening, we want to have you experience it firsthand too. So trim your junk, get 20% off, free shipping. Uh, with the code move the line and manscape.com your balls will thank you all right back to football uh we'll talk about the cleveland browns uh, third easiest schedule according to uh win loss records this uh, coming into the season they're plus 128 to make the playoffs win total eight and a half across the board they are five to one to win in the division and you can get them 20 to one um, flop lag after everyone was on the Browns last year to go to the Super Bowl 40 to one to win it all. Uh, Kanish, talk to me about the Browns. This is, you know what? It, it feels like I'm in the twilight zone with the fucking Lions here where you're like, you're like, how am I like talking myself into this team again for, for, you know, what feels like, like a, you're buying low on them for, and then it just ends up low. But I'm a, I'm a believer in the Browns. I'm a buyer. I like the coaching staff um, that, that that's coming. And for me, they solved. Well, I don't know if they've solved, but I'll say they addressed what was their you know their biggest you know issue. And I thought on the offensive line with you know, some Jack Conklin over at now at right tackle, they draft Jedrick Wills at left tackle. So I thought they they've invested in the area. Um, that they needed to hopefully, you know, they drafted. Um, they, there were some different views on Grant Delpit. Can he come in um, and, and you know be a guy who, who's a playmaker and starting? Questionable at some, but I, I like what they have up front. Um, I, I think they have the best. Uh, I, I would, for my money, if there's a defensive lineman that I'm pick taking uh, over, it's Miles Garrett for, for me is the best defensive lineman in football. Um, so I, I think you have a guy like that um, on the defense. And then hopefully Mayfield now can take the progression um, that, that, that some people, maybe myself included, thought he was going to take a little earlier. Um, I, it, 
does Beckham, you know, still being uh, uh, on the team, you know, relying on him as your wide receiver one, making me a little nervous? Yes, but they've, they've got some other talent. Um, I, I would say a little bit of a sleeper, uh, you know, as a deep threat, Donovan Peoples-Jones that they drafted late. Um, they're obviously got, you know, a decent you know, run of one-two punch at the running back position. Um, so for me, I, I like, they also, you know, and Joku apparently now has rescinded the trade request. They've got Austin Hooper. They've got a nice starting 22 here um, and a roster that's put together. I'm actually a buyer on the Browns this year. I would, for me, again, I, I'm trying to stay too much away from regular season win totals, but they would be a team I would lean over. Um, and, and I think on a little bit of a divisional future here, um, if I can catch – I see some five to one. I'm looking for a little bit better than that. Um, but I think that's going to be one before I'm waiting for all this kind of, you know, the opt on that to shake out. I think that's going to be a buy I'm on this year. I like it. I think this is the playoff team too. Uh, Connor, go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's tough because I mean, a lot of what you said makes sense. And like, they are just like, they're a great, you know, post type sleeper team after the, the Freddie kitchens disaster. Um, I'm just not exactly sure, you know, what kind of style offense they're going to run with like Stefanski. Uh, I mean, they did bolster their offensive line. It's like one of the most improved offensive lines in the NFL. Um, and they also play half their games against teams who are projected to win fewer than eight games. So I think that's definitely going for them too. Um, if they take care of their business there, I mean, they're looking at, you know, a playoff appearance. So it's tough to argue against, even though I don't necessarily love the team as a whole. And I don't think that they're overly exciting. Um, I think that they're, you know, more likely to be a nine and seven, 10 and six team than like an eight and eight squad. I like the defense. There's a lot of talent there and, you know, new coaching staff that definitely helps too. Um, Joe Wood's going to be handling things on the defensive side, but the, the Stefanski stuff, it's hard not to be excited about. They were basically the least efficient team running the most 11 personnel in the league last year. We know Stefanski loves tight ends. They ran a lot of jumbo bunch stuff, you know, last year, last couple of years in Minnesota. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight ends, obviously grabbing Hooper, free agency, keeping Njoku, adding Harrison Bryant in the draft too. Um, even, you know, a, a fullback um, from your Broncos came over. I think you're going to just see a lot of bigger formations and less three receiver, four receiver stuff um, kind of, speaks to the offensive line. They have pretty much of any combination of backs in the league. They probably have the best backfield with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Those two are outstanding. And, you know, Connery kind of highlighted some of the schedule pieces that are really nice too. I just think that they are going to be better than last year. I think this coaching staff is going to be such a better fit. Um, it just Baker just wasn't good last year with under center, spreading it out. So I think you're going to see, you know, a lot more ball control, play action stuff. He was really good off of play action last year. So uh, might only be the two receivers. You're not going to see a lot of three receiver stuff there, but I think all tight ends get involved, all backs get involved. And um, yeah, I think that they can win nine games and go to the playoffs. Remember we're expanding from six to seven teams in the playoffs now too. So, you know, who cares if there are three teams here that are viable in the playoffs, we have an open spot. So um, I think they're very much alive. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think a plus 128 Kanish for them to make the playoffs? Like, are you in on that or is that still too cheap? I mean, I would normally say it's a little too cheap, but. 
I would, you know what? I prefer the division the, price uh, over the just make the playoffs. Um, for me, I, I think you're getting a, a better premium on to, to win the division. Um, when you're talking about if they can, you know, what I'm saying, a couple of games with the Ravens, if they're able to get, you know, one or two of those and they get the tiebreaker, something that, that can go right. Um, and where I can get, you know, plus 500, plus 600, uh, I would assume go that route as opposed to take the, uh, just to make the playoffs. Um, if the and this is where we, we had just kind of talked about where Big Ben was. Um, if you're a buyer, uh, Baker Mayfield's in that forty to one MVP range. Um, <laughs> it's it's tough because what you've seen on film and you said, I mean, there was just games he he was just bad. Like you, you can say the scheme and everything, but he was just um, he was just a played bad quarterback in some games. Um, <laughs> That, that that you know wasn't scheme dependent or weapon dependent. Um, he just well, he just wasn't good enough. Um, as a guy that I thought coming in the league was going to be, um, you know, a star pretty quickly. He, he's been, you know, he's shown some flashes, but he's been relatively mediocre. But he is on, uh, like I said, he fits the basic profile of a team that that's got the potential, that's got talent, um, younger startup quarterback. So I don't mind, um, you know, if you're in a forty to one or fifty to run right. Range, that's a guy um, that I'm probably going to be looking at before the season to sprinkle a little MVP. Um, and the other one, and I mentioned him off the top, was Defensive Player of the Year. Miles um, Garrett's out there at 20. This is, I don't usually touch the Defensive Player of the Year um, too much, but for me, I, I think Garrett is is primed um, for for just an excellent season. I think it's been building to this point, um, and you know, you see, I think the Aaron Donald being chalk isn't really, you know, realistic anymore. I think he's kind of be, you know, be on, not that he won't be an elite player, but kind of on the downswing. I think you've got a few guys priced ahead of him, uh, you know, J.J. Watt and Kalumak that I, I don't think should be it for me. I, I will probably, and this will be a small bet because defensive player of the year has a lot more variables um, and isn't as straightforward, but I, I think you'll see Garrett. Uh, I usually only go pass rushers here. I think he he has a chance for for an absolutely big time year because they've they've helped some additions um, with him in the front seven. So for me, I those are a couple MVP and defensive player of the year that that I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, I think the Miles Garrett calls a good a uh, good one too because similar to Big Ben, he checks the boxes of some of the prerequisites that we want. Like sacks are sexy, right? So if he compiles a nice sack season they propel into the playoffs. Like he's kind of tied to that. So, you know, these awards are often very narrative driven and, you know, if all of a sudden they are kind of the sweethearts after disappointing last year, like those things kind of drive that market. So um, from a prop standpoint, um, Landry and Odell are off the board because of uh, Landry's hip injury, had off season hip surgery reports are, he should be good to go for week one, but worth monitoring. Um, I said some really nice things about the Browns and their offensive weapons, but like from a fantasy standpoint and like a prop market standpoint, I'm I'm kind of down on them. I think that the nature of what I think they're going to do offensively is not going to be a high volume passing offense for Baker. Ideally he's more efficient, but I don't know that he's going to be able to hit like the top ceiling range of some of these other numbers. If we're expecting a fall from Mahomes or Lamar, you know, there's going to be some other guys that can put up some crooked numbers offensively, statistically. Uh, Baker, I'm not sure, is going to be able to get there. And as good as Chubb and Kareem Hunt are, they somewhat cannibalize the other person's upside, which you know I think Chubb is probably one of the more 
overvalued fantasy assets right now because he just his usage was way different when Hunt was active last year. He's outstanding, has nothing to do with how good his talent is, but if we're betting a binary prop or taking him in, you know, the top 10, top 15 picks of a fantasy draft, I'm kind of going to pass. But Connor, do you have any interest in this prop market on the Browns? No, not really. You hit on most of the good good points there. I do want to add though for Chubb, I mean our projections are super bullish. Like we have him projected at 4 for 4 for over 1400 rushing yards, which I mean is a lot, but I think my biggest issue is like we just really don't know what the split is going to be between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb because it's a new staff. So, I mean, like could the staff come in and say yeah, like we want Nick Chubb to be our guy. Like we don't really see Kareem Hunt being a big part of our future. Let's like have him do all the early down work and then some of the passing down work. Like Chubb would smash. He would have a great season. Um, but they could also come in and say, hey, this Kareem Hunt guy is really talented. Like all the passing work and then a good chunk of the early down work along to complement Chubb. So which one of those we're going to see? Is it going to be somewhere in between? I have no idea. And I don't really think anyone has any idea. And that's kind of the issue is we're not really seeing – how that's going to play out uh, because we're not getting many reports of like anything right now with um, you know, shortened training camps and tee off time here. I don't know. Do you guys have a take on this? I know there's like a, what they should do, uh, but like that's always wrong, you know, almost, almost always wrong of like what they should do in my opinion, at least. Assumption of rational coaching. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a disease. So I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think it's tough. So I'm off both props here. And then like Landry and OBJ, I think there's a decent chance like Odell bounces back with them doing a lot of play action, you know, targeting him deep a little bit more. But uh, again, a lot of it comes back to Baker and how good he plays as well. Um, So I think, I think it's tough. I'm kind of off the the prop market for the Browns here. Anything jump out to you, Kanish? No, nothing really. I mean, a lot of stuff has been pulled off the board, and I think you've kind of nailed it in terms of it's probably not a team that that's going to you know be a Chiefs esque type offense um, and it win games that way. As more it'll be, um, you know, a little bit of leaning on the defense, try and have some more efficiency added, um, but not be incredibly explosive all over the field. So um, th- th- there's really nothing I look at. I mean. We- We'll see when some of the stuff gets added back. Um, but there's nothing I'm in love with, you know, going into it right now. Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably pretty fair. But uh, All right, last one. Bengals, 10th uh, most difficult schedule in the league. So hardest, uh, worst team in the division has the hardest schedule, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, they are plus 680 to make the playoffs over on FanDuel. Five and a half is the win total number for them. Uh, different juice across different books. So shop that as you'd like. They are... 26 to 1 to win this division, 70 to 1 to go to Super Bowl, 150 to win it all. Obviously, you know, lots of excitement there. Brand new quarterback, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, they're hopefully having AJ Green return and stay healthy. Definitely a new era here in Cincinnati. And they seem to be building things for the future, which looks nice, but not a whole lot of optimism this year. What are your thoughts on the Bengals, Kanish? Here's all I'm going to say. From a, a, a philosophical perspective, and I did this in baseball, um, and, and one of the guys I know um, that's been a professional gambler for a long time, he goes by Ed Teach on Twitter, he had this theory um, with baseball. With all the uncertainty that's coming into these seasons, um, 
And whether it be, you know, baseball 60 game season, who's going to be out with COVID and not, you kind of, it's similarly applicable to the NFL. Um, I can't fault anyone. And like I said, I did this on some of the uh, baseball long shot divisions of try, of just saying that this year could be insane. You could get some guys out for a period of weeks um, or time. You never really know. Like if team's going to miss two weeks, how are they making that up? If you want to throw, you know, and I don't think the Bengals in terms of, um, I think Joe Burrow is ready to step in um, and can be a decent quarterback from day. Well, their overall roster isn't, I think the one area is they have probably, if not the worst, um, a bottom five offensive line in football going into the season. Um, but I don't hate if you want to say, and I'm going to probably do this with the, with the Redskins over at 25 to one in their division. I'm probably going to sprinkle every divisional long shot um, that that's, you know, in that 25 to one or better range, just based off the COVID uncertainty um, and, and some crazy stuff that could happen during the game. I can't make a great case for the Bengals being, you know, a, a competitive team other than just um, the the overall uncertainty. I do think, that, um, you know, from a, a weapons standpoint, um, and even on the on the defensive side of things, that, that I don't think their defense from a talent perspective is is awful. Um, it's all right, and I like what they've got, obviously. at um, I mean, if A.J. Green's healthy and, and playing for a contract there um, and a drafted T. Higgins still got John Ross. So to me, they, they they've got talent at some at some key places. Um, I think they're they're light in the trenches where where it really matters for me. But again, this is if you're looking for just an overall you know standard of how I'm looking to bet a couple of these um, you know longer shot season awards. It's because of the unknown and the uncertainty, and you add in these variables and variants that that a Bengals thirty to one or better to win the division. Um, I'm going to have a little bit of money on. I like it. Lean into the variance. That is uh, probably pretty sharp this year. They are loaded. They have a ton of weapons. You mentioned like even Mixon, um, you know, all the receivers that they have expecting big things from Joe Burrow. We know it doesn't happen. Obviously Rome wasn't built in a day, but like, man, they can keep up there. I think they're going to be able to score for sure. They're going to be interesting. Um, what do you think here, Connor? Yeah. I mean, I just think, yeah, like their their offense, I think is a little bit underrated. Um, they like their offensive line issues are uh, definitely a concern, but I think their defense is definitely going to outperform last year's you know total statistical output uh, and efficiency. Um, but I mean, like you guys said, like you know Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, T Higgins, John Ross, even like that's that's nothing to laugh at. Like that's a pretty good you know group of pass catchers there. Um, and, and Joe Mixon at running back. Like, I think that that's a, a very legitimate group of uh, offensive uh, skill players. So I think that they're better just like from a fantasy perspective and like a prop market perspective. Um, we'll see. I don't know what kind of like pace of play they're going to play with or anything or how Burrow actually is going to be, but I do think that they're going to be an interesting offense that should come into their own, you know, relatively quickly and at least put up some some decent stats, uh, which is what you know most of us fantasy fish care about in the end. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really going to take too much action on the Bengals as a team. Um, I know my my six month old uh, week one take at this point is that they're going to beat the Chargers outright. Um, and you know what? I'm still going to stick to it. Uh, they're still going to beat the Chargers. I'm out of the hole after losing by three touchdowns to the Chargers in week one. <laughs> it's only uh, you know, a one-week setback. The kid will bounce back from the, from that thrashing. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, no, they're gonna win. I don't. I don't even care. Burrow is just gonna. Burrow is gonna ball in week one, and Tyrod's gonna look like the bum he is. Um, so you know what? I'm I'm here for it, Kanish. Though I, I this is another another take that you know you blasted me for, and maybe rightfully so. I think I was probably pretty drunk when I put in the bet and was talking to you about it. Um, but I think I think it still has some validity. Yeah, hitching the brand to a rookie on the road in week one. <laughs> yeah. In the in the COVID season. So you know, you gotta do it whenever you can. Whenever you can. Yo, he's been learning this this playbook since like, you know, March. Like he knew he was gonna go number one overall. He's been learning the playbook forever. That's that's what I keep telling myself. You know, he he knew. Can you play linebacker? The flag and the mentality in that to, to come in and be a respectable quarterback in, in his rookie season. He seems to to not only have the demeanor, but you, as you said, with the with the work ethic um, and just kind of like the what he went through in college um, to get to end up getting his opportunity. Um, kind of the perseverance in that. I think he's got the the makeup. Not to use you know too many football cliches, but for me, that, that's the the type of guy that I think you can come in. You rely on he's going to be prepared. He's not going to be, you know, shook or, you know, too much for him in the moment or any of that and be able to to at least come in and be decent um, from the jump where if some things go right for them, you see him progress throughout the season that, I don't know, maybe, you know, if the offensive line is better than me or they're able to scheme it a little bit to kind of mask some of those deficiencies that they will be, who knows, they could be a little bit of a surprise team. Yeah, the defense is, all, I think, the issue. Like, they're going to have to massively outperform the talent defensively. They're going to rely on three late-round rookies at linebacker. Just not a lot there. Secondary still a little bit dicey. They added DJ Reader up front from, from Houston. That was a nice addition. Like, they're getting better. Um, but like you said at the top, like, I think they're going to be able to hang offensively. Like, they're going to be involved in some, you know, high DFS games where you go on a game stack it because the, they're not gonna be able to stop anyone and they're gonna be able to keep up like i'm buying aj green at, at his current cost um I, it wouldn't be anything i want to do in the prop market because he's shown that he's fragile and it's a fragile year but um i know that connor's big on on tyler boyd um has quite a bit of him in, in high stakes stuff so far so i know we're pretty bullish here on oh we have our jerk syndicate has some uh joe mixon action so and Joe Burrow, so we're we're definitely pulling on the uh, the Bengals offense here. Oh yeah, I mean, ah, uh, Kanish actually sent me a prop on Joe Burrow. Like I don't even know, like three four months ago at this point, for like over under thirty three hundred yards. Sent me like a big list of them, uh, and I was like, man, that is that's nice. Like you know, if like the ghost of Andy Dalton and whatever bums they were rolling out, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. said. Yeah, I feel very so. That's look just like the Roth. If he plays sixteen, he's going to hit that number. Like you're just, sure. you're just too much volume. They're going to be behind him. You know, he's got obviously uh, talent. Like he's just there's no way that that through if he plays a full sixteen that he's not going to hit um, that that thirty three hundred. So yeah, that's yeah. one of those lines that they basically set it. Uh, you know, over you can't play it. Uh, and I mean now it's it's gone all the way up to like thirty seven, thirty eight hundred um, at this point. Um, and our projections have them at 4,400, which is, I mean, that's, that's juicy, you know, that, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, at that 37, 3,800, I'm not touching it either. I mean, I think that's, you know, probably too much. Um, but you gotta find yeah. this, uh, they have, and I, I gotta look around, um, 
of like to lead the league in passing yardage. I see receiving and rushing. Oh, yeah. um, I haven't seen a pass. If you can get a long price, um, uh, and again, it would have to be, you know, an upwards of like the, you know, the 100 to 1 range, but um, a long price on Burrow it, it, with some of the, the uh, like I said, the, the uncertainty going into this season and the fact that we think he'll be prepared, you know, to be able to at least play some decent football from the jump, um, that would be, you know, kind of one of the longer shot player props I'd be looking to fire on. That's good. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. I don't I don't have it up right now on my DraftKings. Looks like they have receiving and rushing. Um, but I yeah. know that it exists. I think FanDuel is offering some stuff too um with it. And yeah, it's definitely worth exploring. I don't know. These these problem markets are gonna be all over the place now in these next day or so when, when all this stuff is uh all this stuff is hitting with the opt outs and everything. So it's gonna be Definitely going to be something to watch for and maybe take advantage of, especially with with this kind of stuff with uh, you know most passing yards or rushing yards, whatever it is. So, yeah, I'm trying to find it, but I can't do it fast enough to be <laughs> bad. Listen while I click through different pages to try to find it, but uh, I like that call because I think that they are going to be in negative game scripts. He's going to get the, the ball from day one, and he's got talent around him. Can just make good points if the offensive line can keep him upright, and he doesn't have like a you know, Derek Carr season in uh, or a David Carr season in uh, in Houston as a rookie, where he just gets pummeled all season long. Like he stay upright, he's got guys that can that can get him there. So I like it. All right, that wraps it up. What is uh? Can you start? What's your favorite bet that we discussed tonight? I got to go down with my brownies. Uh, I'm going Browns uh, to win the North uh, plus five hundred or better. Um, I I think this is the year they can, I don't know if they'll be able to exceed the Ravens, but if there's a buy price for me um, on any of these, uh, it, it'd be a Browns five to one or better. I like it. I like it. What do you got, Alan? Um, I mean, I'm I I love my Ravens doing the Super Bowl eight to one. I mean, that's like that's fat. I'm I'm excited. They're going to win it, and I'm not even I'm not even scared. I know they're going to make the playoffs, and then from there, it's just going to be a nice sweat, you know, and. Not maybe not even for the first you know week or so of the playoffs. I'm not, not even that worried, you know, because they're going to be ready, ready to go, locked and loaded. Come Super Bowl Sunday, do you think you'll have more money on the Ravens or the over under on the national anthem? Uh, without a doubt, the national anthem. I mean, there is just no question at this point. Uh, the national anthem is by far the best thing to bet on and the best sweat. The best sweat. I mean, can you imagine? Last year, I was yelling at Demi Lovato on a TV. You know, like, you know how good of a sweat that is? I'm sure Kanish knows, you know, Kanish. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was, uh, I actually didn't, I was, you know, in my basement because uh, I didn't want to throw up uh, as watching her and timing it. So, yeah, there's there's some some good ones we can pull out of here for the NFL season. Yeah, you were behind that, right, Kanish? You were driving some of that, uh, some of that uh, prop stuff for Connor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, listen, we uh, we were, you know, that was uh, a good uh, little good showing there, especially the the national anthem one. So, um, yeah, hopefully we uh, we get something along those lines again this year. Yeah, I think my neighbors heard Connor. He was in my basement <laughs> screaming, <laughs> watching Demi Lovato. I'm like, what is going on here? I knew he had it, but I think his girlfriend was pretty spooked. She wasn't sure. Uh, I don't think she was comfortable finding out how much he won on the uh, <laughs> on the national yeah. anthem. Silva and Noonan roped me into buying her shoes by the by the end of the first quarter after I revealed how much I won in the fucking national anthem. So fuck <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So. Yeah, brutal. 
Uh, man, I'm with you guys. Like, I feel like I feel like this is a three division uh, or three playoff team division. Um, I do think that the Steelers can get in there too, and I think the Browns as well. Obviously, expanding to seven. I also think it just kind of speaks to the AFC in general. It's pretty top heavy with the Ravens and the Chiefs, but everything else feels pretty open. Like, you can sell me on the West and the South being one playoff team divisions here. So um, I'm interested in all three making the playoffs. I like the 11 and a half over might be fishy. I don't really care. It's a really good football team. That schedule is soft, soft, soft. So uh, yeah, that basically wraps it up. Any other takes for the folks for the stream? No, I think that's it for now. Load up on uh, chargers week one. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>